The month of July is quickly coming to an end, but before we turn that calendar over to August, we still got some great conversation about the South that we are right here poised to deliver on this, the Y'all Show. Hello, all y'all. I'm General John Rawls, CSA, Certified Southern American, and we're, we've got a busy and bodacious show lined up here on this Thursday. We're going to be looking at sports happenings. Aaron Rodgers, after all the drama, he's back wearing the green and gold here for the 2021 season. I'll weigh in on that. Plus, Johnny Football's got something to say about Texas and Oklahoma trying to become SEC members. We'll let you know about that. Plus, Bob Stoops, the great Oklahoma coach of yesteryear, he's weighing in on the Sooners' announced plans to go to the Southeastern Conference. Have all that coming up in our sports report today. And we'll also continue on with our journey across college football as we'll be taking you to Lubbock, Texas. Mac Davis might have left Lubbock in his rearview mirror, but we're putting Texas Tech right in front of us today as we're going to have Red Raider conversation, discuss the 2021 schedule for this Big 12 program. We're going to hear from their third-year head coach, and that's Matt Wells, get his thoughts on what's going on with Texas Tech football for 2021. All that's coming up here in hour number one. When we get to hour three today, we'll be telling you about the actual alumni, some of the famous alums of Texas Tech, some of the great traditions, and they've got a lot of traditions. It's a little confusing, frankly, if you ever make it to a Texas Tech football contest about all the stuff they've got going on there, from a mask rider to a a bell that rings to a, a cute little mascot on the field and more. Texas Tech is our featured school as we're on a 44 city tour across the south and we're stopping by west texas and lubbock today also we'll tell you about the enrollment and the history of texas tech university all that on today's y'all show here in the first hour we also will be squeezing in a little hashtag hullabaloo this is where we go on social media and find very informative entertaining and sometimes controversial stuff that will bring up and let you all hear it. We have that coming up. In our news headlines today, we'll discuss the increasing heat that's going on across the South and across the country, frankly. Very scary temperatures this week in a large portion of the South. We'll let you know about that. In fact, the heat has caused the death of a high school football player in the state of Georgia. I'll be letting you know about that. And we're now about to turn the calendar to August. What does that mean in terms of hurricane season? We've got a report from the Weather Channel that we'll be sharing with you here in part of our headlines across the southeast. All that on the Y'all Show. Some disturbing stories that we'll be updating you on. On Tuesday in South Carolina, a man was sentenced to life for the murder of a woman, a college student at the University of South Carolina. She was murdered by this man after she mistakenly got in his car several years ago thinking that he was her Uber driver. And he stabbed her more than a hundred times. And that case has just been read the verdict. And we'll let you know about that out of Columbia, South Carolina. Marjorie Taylor Greene's in the news, the Georgia congressman. She is not a person to run from the headlines. And we'll let you know why she's back in the news today. And why we're talking about MTG on today's Y'all Show. Some bizarre stories coming from the Tampa, Florida Police Department. They have spent 
money on things they shouldn't be spending it on. I'll let you know about that. Plus, an update from Memphis. It looks like the I-40 bridge is almost ready to open. And some controversy about when it's actually going to open. And speaking of transportation, Ron DeSantis was in the Florida Panhandle, and he has lowered the toll on a bridge there in the Florida Panhandle. We'll let you know exactly where that is. Plus, the wokeness continues. Three community colleges in the Commonwealth of Virginia have been renamed. I'll let you know what the new names of these community colleges are. All that is part of our headlines on this Y'all Show on this Thursday. If you want to connect to the Y'all Show, talk with a southern accent, it's extremely easy to do so. All you have to do is call us or text us. It's the same number. It's 803-816-1170. And that is a number you can check in with us anytime and let us know what's on your southern minds. We want to hear from you here at 803-816-1170. Also, drop us an email. That's a good option, too, especially if it's roughly 4 in the morning and you don't want to pull out your phone. You can just drop us an email, mail at yall.com, mail at y'all. Dot com And yeah, we still have those podcasts up and going and getting bigger, and we want you to know about them. And we want you to go and either subscribe or like or follow, whatever the choice they have there for you. We're now on Spotify. Check out the Y'all Show. Just search for Y'all Show, and we're right there on Spotify, the hottest app going for podcasts and music. We're also available in the Apple Podcasts. We're available in the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app, and Stitcher app. And naturally, you can find us at y'all.com. Did you realize that y'all is the South's homepage? And you can get your Southern own by going there to y'all.com and reading incredible stories, watching great videos, and hit the Y'all Show tab right there. And you can tune in and watch some of our great interviews for this show, the Y'all Show. We can have each one of our shows as a podcast form that you can click the button and listen to. And just on Wednesday, I did something that I also have to do in this role as your y'all and Southern connection. I put on my webmaster hat (laughs) and I included now a brand new link on the y'all show page at y'all.com. If you scroll down, Underneath the listing of each episode, or at least the most recent episodes of this show, I have a hot new little link there that will take you right to the Spotify page for y'all, and you can see y'all on Spotify. And you don't even have to have a Spotify account. I actually like the way this gets presented, and it's available for you. Just go to the y'all.com homepage and then search for y'all show. Scroll down about halfway, you'll see a player button that has some of the more recent episodes. It usually has about the most five recent episodes available. And below that, you'll see a big black icon that says, Listen on Spotify. And I put that up there. It's one of the neat things about the Internet. If you can learn a few of the tricks of the trade, you can really wow yourself with knowing that, hey, I am responsible for that right there. So I'm over here patting myself on the back because I don't claim to be the world's greatest web designer, but it looks good enough to me. And more importantly, if you're a web designer, you know what I'm talking about. It looks good on a desktop, and it also aligns itself. It looks fairly well on iPads and 
smartphone. So I think I've I think I've done it correctly, and the link works too. So check it out, y'all.com, the South homepage. Let's go in and look at some of our headlines today. There are heat warnings and advisories across much of the country right now as the temperature soaring. We've got triple-digit temperatures and much of the South. I was just with a family member on Wednesday. We went out to eat. We got in the truck after a, a unbelievable buffet, by the way, barbecue buffet that had a little fried chicken. Can't go wrong there. And I was told when I, I was the one driving the pickup truck, golly, it's 104 degrees outside. I thought perhaps that could be a false reading but it was indeed triple-digit temperatures, and we're at that point. We're in the in the heat of the summer, if you will, and be extremely, extremely careful out there. In fact, this week, some of that heat is pouring itself into areas outside of the south, expecting very, very hot temperatures in Wisconsin this week, perhaps some record temperatures in that part of the country. But here in the south, we've got hazy, hot, humid temperatures really scattered throughout the entire region this week. So be very careful. And, of course, lean on what your local forecasters are saying as we want to keep you all around. And, and unfortunately, we're seeing some stories pop up here in the news, and I'm going to tell you about one of them, about the heat, unfortunately, killing our countrymen. A high school football player... A 15-year-old, Joshua Ivory Jr., died after collapsing during a football practice in Georgia. He later was pronounced dead at a hospital. Again, this young man who attended Southwest High School, that's in the Macon, Georgia area, this 15-year-old collapsed during practice. And the entire Southwest High School community grieving the loss of this 15-year-old Joshua. The principal there of that school, Bernard Young, said Joshua was a wonderful young man full of promise and zeal. He had an infectious smile and a very kind heart. He enjoyed sports and spending time with his family. Bibb County Georgia Athletic Director Barney Hester said the young football player collapsed before 6 p.m. back on Monday and later died at the Macon area's Atrium Health Hospital. An autopsy for Ivory scheduled for this week, but no cause of death has been reported. But it is likely due to the heat. Likely. Our thoughts there with that high school and that family with the loss of this young man, a football player. And unfortunately, that's a common thing that happens in this time of year where we lose great young athletes. Not just the little boys, but sometimes little girls also succumb to the heat and and pass away way too suddenly. We're almost to August. The Weather Channel is reminding everybody that hurricane season typically starts to pick up when we reach the eighth month of the year. Weather Channel meteorologist Orleon Sydney has put out a video, and we're going to play this video now for all y'all to hear and understand exactly what she means about how August is, you could say, the the high point of the year for tornado, or rather hurricane activity, and they can spin off tornadoes. They can spin off a lot of bad stuff, frankly, even 
hundreds of miles inland from a coast. And again, this is courtesy of the Weather Channel and Weather.com, Orleon Sydney talking about August and hurricanes. August is just around the corner, and that means the bell is really going to ring on the Atlantic Basin uh, tropical season. Your average year, we have about 11 named storms. About one-fifth of those occur in July, so you can see the bulk of the season is ahead of us. September 10th, by the way, is the date that you're most likely to see a tropical cyclone in the Atlantic Basin. So a couple of things start to happen. Wind shear starts to decrease in our area where we see most of the tropical development. The ocean starts to warm up, not just the surface temperature, but also through the depth of the ocean, because you've got to have a lot of deep, warm water to get enough energy for hurricanes and tropical cyclones. We also have, well, pretty well-developed tropical waves coming off the African coast. So rather than looking close to home in the shallower water that gets warm earlier in the season, we now start to see that warmth stretching across the Atlantic all the way to the African coast. So make sure you've got your hurricane plan in place if you are in a coastal area. And very good and helpful information, again, courtesy of the Weather Channel's Orleans Sydney as we're right now getting ready to turn that calendar over to a whole new month, and it's a month that hurricanes can be a major problem, especially rolling into September. So please be advised, all y'all across the southeast, a chemical plant leak in Texas has now left two people dead and dozens injured. This happened at the Lydendale Bassell facility in Laporte, Texas, the incident involved a acidic acid leak at this facility. Again, it happened on Tuesday. It happened in the evening hours on Tuesday. And this leak at this facility in the Laporte, Texas complex, according to a company spokesperson, emergency responders from the city of Laporte, Texas, and Channel Industries Mutual Aid on the scene. Two people sustained fatal injuries, according to authorities. Four others had burns at the plant, the Harris County, Texas Fire Marshal's Office, later confirmed dozens more were actually injured. The two men who died were contractors, according to the company. Their names not immediately released, but a a scary thing in that corridor of Texas where there's so many chemical plants and so many people work in that industry. And unfortunately, this is a story that is often told when you have that kind of work done and Unfortunately, two people have lost their lives in that part of Texas this week. An update from Columbia, South Carolina. A man who killed an Uber rider has now been giving a life sentence. As Samantha Jovison, back a couple of years ago, was a University of South Carolina student. And in 2019, she was abducted and murdered by a man. And this man this week, Nathaniel Rowland, has now been convicted of this 2019 abduction and murder of the 21-year-old University of South Carolina student. And the reason she got in his car, there's, unfortunately for her family, video of her standing outside of the bar district in the early morning hours, I believe. And Samantha Josephson thought that she was getting into her Uber car, and it turned out to be this Mr. Rowland's car, He takes her and kills her, leaves her in the middle of South Carolina's rural area. Her body had been stabbed roughly 120 times. I saw video from the trial, and the forensic examiner 
said that he kind of quit counting after 100. And, and when questioned, he pretty much said that it doesn't really matter at some point in time, whether it's 100, 105, 120, does it really matter? This beautiful young student who had come to Columbia from New Jersey, her native state, to study at the University of South Carolina, absolutely just murdered for no reason. She thought she was getting into an Uber car. This man's car looked like your typical Uber car or Lyft car or whatever services people are using. And I could see where she might have made the mistake. Some of these ride companies may not require. I haven't been in one in a long time. But some of them don't have that bright little sign you can put up that's so visible that it's a Uber or Lyft car. And this lady made the bad mistake and got in the wrong car. Don't know what happened. But in the end, Roland killed Josephine and left her body in a field, I think, more than an hour away from Columbia. And her body had been stabbed more than 120 times. And Nathaniel Roland this week in Columbia convicted of this 2019 abduction and murder of this 21-year-old University of South Carolina student, and he will now go and serve a life sentence or, or life. I, I don't think in South Carolina they let him out after a couple of years. Lately. <laughs> they do in some states. This, this man hopefully will never get out of jail after what he did. A judge is allowing vaccinations in place of service hours for people on probation. This is a news item coming out of Baton Rouge as this judge, District Attorney Hiller Moore, is now explaining the the actual verdict, if you will, of this judge. Judges do innovative things like this all the time. For example, you've probably seen or heard in the past the judge would allow your donation of blood instead of community service work or instead of payment of a fine. If a judge is going to make this offer, I think it's a reasonable one. That's from the DA, Hiller Moore. But yes, it looks like Judge Fred Crafasi allowing people the option to get the vaccine instead of finishing out their community service hours. Maybe that might be the key to get vaccination rates way up across the entire southeast. And again, according to the district attorney, who normally would not be on the side of letting the bad people off, he seems to be okay with it. Maybe these people who the judge are allowing to get the vaccinations aren't exactly the world's worst criminals and it will clear up the jail cells and or the community service roles of the Baton Rouge area and get them out there and do a good thing that will help the entire community and get this vaccine up and up as far as the rates across the southeast. So pretty good idea now that we're looking at this story and telling you all about it on today's Y'all Show. We'll have more headlines from across the South as we work our way through this Thursday edition. When we come back, we're going to take a timeout and put on our sports helmet and tell you about Aaron Rodgers. We also will tell you about Mississippi State Bulldog fans. You've got a trophy that you just need to see. It's the first national championship trophy in the history of MSU, and it's on tour throughout the Magnolia State right now, and you can sign up and go see it. I'll tell you some of the great locations to see this baseball national championship trophy on tour in the mid-south all that's coming up 
Plus, speaking of Mississippi State baseball, the head coach just inked a big raise, and he deserved it after pulling in the program's first natty. All that ahead, plus before the hour's up, Texas Tech football. We'll be talking about that big time. So get your guns up. The Y'all Show is coming right back. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. I've been around, I've seen it all Love is a chain around your heart That holds you down, you're better off Running away before it starts I wanted to chase my dreams I thought freedom meant Some fantastic 90s country music here from Ricochet. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Our website is y'all.com. Speaking of great music, make sure in hour two, about really about an hour from right now, we're going to take you to Austin, Texas. There is a hot group of three women called Nobody's Girl and Betty Sue of Nobody's Girl, a University of Texas alumni. She's going to be visiting with me. And we're going to have a great time learning about this Austin sound and how this group made up of a Georgian, an Alabamian, and a native Texan have all formed Nobody's Girl. And that's part of our entertainment coverage in Hour 2. Plus, speaking of Texas music, we got some Willie Nelson news that we'll be sharing with you. Plus, yeah, another Britney Spears update. All that's part of our entertainment coverage coming up in about an hour. So don't miss out on the fun we continue on here with the y'all show in this first hour and let's dive into what's going on in the southern sports world and we're going to take you to the southern end of canada specifically to wisconsin to give you an update on what in the world's going on the latest with aaron Rodgers. what drama we've had over the last couple of months in the nfl with aaron Rodgers deciding was he going to play football at all was he going to suit up for the Green Bay Packers, and sure enough, Tuesday, bright and early, the veteran quarterback showed up at camp for the Green Bay Packers, and the Packers put out a pretty fun tweet, actually, that had the little pinpoint that you can do on your smartphone, and they had a little pinpoint with the word Lambeau Field and attached a picture of Aaron Rodgers walking into camp there for the Packers, and he was wearing a T-shirt with 
kind of a cartoon version of the TV show The Office. Don't know what he meant by that, but yeah, he did show up to camp after an off-season of disgruntlement, and he has inked, I guess, a contract that will get him through this season. And all that drama, perhaps for nothing, as Aaron Rodgers back with Packer Nation and leading that team at quarterback going forward. Again, this is the week that teams throughout the NFL are showing up to camp. We've had teams in camp for a couple of days now. Some show up today. A lot show up on Friday. I think that's the day the Atlanta Falcons start out there in Flowery Branch. And this is now camp time for the NFL. I'm going to try to actually go to an NFL training camp before the weekend is over. So if I do make it, I will report to you on Monday. I'm going to be like Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to report to camp, except I'm going to be reporting as a fan, really. I'm not even trying to get my media credential for that. But i got to get there first. I do know that there are restrictions in place if you're looking to go to an NFL camp over these next couple of weeks. A 20-foot rule and perhaps even a barrier put up between the fans and the NFL players and NFL staff. That's in place right now to try to stem the Delta variant of COVID that's going on across the Southeast. A guy that had a cup of coffee in the NFL, Johnny Manziel, the former Texas A&M quarterback. He is now talking about the Texas-Oklahoma to SEC story that's going on. And Johnny Football has a message for OU and Hook'em Horns fans. Those two schools now have formally applied for SEC membership, and Johnny Football has put out a statement. He said, Lucky for A&M, we have a nine, almost ten-year head start on both of those teams being in the SEC. The rivalry has been gone for a while, but now it looks like it's coming back. It's time to just sack up and go play the game. We're in a good position. We have a good coach. We have a good team. Those are the words of Johnny Football. He has also added this statement. If they want to come to the SEC and see what it's all about, then we'll welcome them with open arms. But it is no cakewalk, and it is not the Big 12. So it should be interesting to see how things play out. Johnny Manziel talking about the Horns and the Sooners trying to be in the SEC. I thought he could have been a little bit more persnickety, if you will. He could have been a real wise guy. Maybe Johnny Football's cleaning his act up. I hope he does. I, I know this guy has been scrutinized ever since he started mouthing off, really, in his first year playing for Texas A&M. I think he was a redshirt freshman the year that he won the Heisman. I think he had been on campus in the final year of Texas A&M being in the Big 12. And then it was that first year that the Aggies moved over to the SEC that this guy had that really, really incredible year and won the Heisman Trophy before ultimately going to the NFL with the Cleveland Browns. That did not work out all that great for him. And yours truly actually saw Johnny Football play his last organized real football game. As in 2019, he briefly was with the Memphis Express of the Alliance of American Football. And I was there to see Johnny Football suit up against 
the Orlando Apollos at the Liberty Bowl. And I saw him get absolutely creamed and get a concussion. And it, for the most part, has been his final real football game. And I, I wish he, I wish him all the best. I thought it was a very good thing that he was still trying to play the game back in 2019. Now he just might be a guy that runs his mouth, which he would be very good at running his mouth about football. He's a Heisman Trophy winner, for goodness sakes. Johnny Football now saying it's no cakewalk for OU and UT. Speaking of OU, Oklahoma Sooners royalty now weighing in on this move to the SEC, our potential move. Bob Stoops, the longtime coach, a guy that led Oklahoma to its last national championship, he's saying that Oklahoma's move to the SEC is what's best for Oklahoma. The all-time winningest coach of OU said the program was taking control of its own destiny. So when you have a guy like Bob Stoops, who I think still lives in the Norman area, although he's no longer coaching, Lincoln Riley is coaching, for him to come out and say that, is a very strong statement in support of what the Sooners are doing. He coached at Oklahoma for 18 years. His last year was 2016. And for this veteran coach to come out and give such a very powerful positive testimony of the positive of OU and Texas both, joining the Southeastern Conference, if indeed an invitation is extended, and I'm sure it will be. Congratulations to Oklahoma. It looks like at least you got the Sooner and Stoops seal of approval if you want to go forward (laughs) with being an SEC member. Mississippi State captured the College Baseball National Championship back in June, and if you want to see that beautiful National Championship trophy as it's been relocated from Omaha to the state of Mississippi where millions of Mississippi State Bulldog fans want to get a glimpse of this thing, and even rival fans like Mississippi and Southern Miss, they just need to take a good glimpse of this national championship trophy because it's the first national championship trophy for any kind of men's sport in the history of the entire state of Mississippi. And at least Landshark fans can go around hoisting up the women's golf team's national championship that also happened here this year for the Oxford-based university. But for Mississippi State, the trophy that Chris Lamonis's ball club captured, it's on a tour. It started on Tuesday, and it's going to be going up until next Tuesday, August 3rd. A free commemorative national championship poster being given out if you're able to go see any of the tour stops of the Mississippi State University Bulldog National Championship Trophy Tour. Let me tell you where it's been. Let me tell you where it's going. How about this way to get started? It started in Hattiesburg. Ooh, that's rubbing it in the eye of Southern Miss fans, but that's where this thing started on Tuesday, and then they scooted down US-49 to Biloxi, and they closed out Tuesday on this Mississippi State Trophy Tour. At Margaritaville Resort in Biloxi. That's Jimmy Buffett's place. How cool is that? From the Pine Belt to the Gulf Coast and to Margaritaville all in one day. On Wednesday, they were at the George County Multipurpose Building. That's in Loosedale. They went from there to the Neshoba County Fair. That's going on right now. And 
a lot of Bulldog fans there in Philadelphia, Mississippi, but a lot of fans of those other schools. In fact, Peyton Manning usually stops by the Neshoba County Fair each year. I wonder if Peyton got a picture with the Mississippi State National Championship baseball trophy. You know, he never got one of them national championship trophies while he was on Rocky Top. He got a SEC title. That's that's pretty good. Today, the Mississippi State Baseball Tour finds itself in Vicksburg. They're at Kirk Brothers Ford. They're also in the state capital of Jackson as they're at the Mississippi Trade Center for uh, the Trademark Center. That's on Mississippi Street in downtown Jackson, Mississippi. That's for an event tonight that I think a lot of fans will be there for that one. I think that's the actual Bulldog Tour going on perhaps there at the Mississippi Trademark Center. Saturday, they're taking the day off Friday because Saturday they're going to end up in South Haven. They're going to be at North Point Christian School with the trophy. And then it's back down to the Mississippi Delta. Ooh, I love this place. They'll be in Greenwood on Saturday evening at the Alluvian Hotel's Delta Room where that national championship trophy will be on display. And you can come get your free posters of this incredible achievement for Mississippi State University. And then the last day of the tour will be on Tuesday, August 3rd. They will start out in their home city of Starkville at the Greater Starkville Development Partnership and then move up the road, up U.S. 45. They'll be at Barnes Crossing Roads, Metro Ford Auto Sales. And in Tupelo, they'll be there to close out this national championship trophy tour for Mississippi State University Baseball. Congratulations. And congratulations to Chris Lamonis, the skipper of this ball club. This week, he agreed to a long-term contract extension that will pay him ooh, $1.25 million dollars in 2022, he was earning $750,000 a year, so he got a $500,000 raise, a half million dollars more coming to the alumnus of the Citadel Bulldogs and the former Indiana University coach now in the SEC with the Mississippi State Bulldogs, and he's making $1.25 million a year and rightfully deserved after leading this program a very, very important college baseball program to its first national title. Congratulations to, again, Mississippi State, Bulldog Nation, Chris Lamonis, and all of the players who have got the maroon and white out of sight and got that national championship trophy parading it around the Magnolia State. I don't know why they're not making a stop off in Oxford. Hmm. A lot of Shark fans would love to see that thing. When the Y'all Show comes back, we will be taking you to Lubbock, Texas. It is our latest stop on our tour across the South's colleges, getting you ready for the start of the 2021 football season. We'll hear from Matt Wells, coach of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. All that and more on the Y'all Show. The South and college football have enjoyed a love affair for more than 150 years. And the Y'all Show is getting y'all ready for the biggest year college football's ever had. We're on a 44-city tour of Dixie's great college football teams. John Rawl is getting you ready when the toe meets leather Labor Day weekend. So get your chin strap on and get ready for today's Southern College Football Tour stop. Here's Johnny. And we are on this great tour. Gosh, I think we're about halfway through this tour now. 
And we have found ourselves today in about the most westernmost portion of the south because we're in West Texas. Today we're in Lubbock, Texas. We're in the home of the Texas Tech University Red Raiders as the Red Raiders are today's stop on the y'all tour across the south getting you ready for the start of college football's 2021 season. Get those guns up, Red Raider fans, as Texas Tech begins the 2021 season, actually on the road at NRG Stadium. That's the place the Houston Texans call home. On Saturday, September 4th, it's the Houston Cougars and the Texas Tech Red Raiders and the Texas Kickoff. That's what this is being called. And that ought to be a great game televised on ESPN on that first weekend of college football. Two Southwest Texas rivals meeting again in Houston, where the Cougars and Red Raiders get together. The home opener is against the Lumberjacks of Stephen F. Austin. That game set for September 11th at Jones AT&T Stadium. FIU comes in for a game on September 18th. And then, oh, they'll be there at the home of the Traders on September 25th in the state capital of Austin. It'll be Texas Tech and the Texas Longhorns. That game, again, at the end of September. They'll be in Morgantown, West Virginia for a game against the Mountaineers on October 2nd. TCU checks into Jones AT&T Stadium for a game October 9th. The Red Raiders will be at KU as they'll play there October 16th. Kansas State comes to Lubbock on October 23rd. They'll be in Trader Territory on October 30th as the Red Raiders visit the Oklahoma Sooners. Iowa State comes into West Texas November 13th. The Red Raiders kind of wind things down. Their home game, last home game, is against the Oklahoma State Pokes on November 20th. And then they have Baylor on the road in Waco to wrap up the schedule on November 27th. Texas Tech football, let me tell you about it. It is a program that's had unbelievable players. You're talking Patrick Mahomes. You're talking some of the great offensive and defensive players both at the collegiate level and the NFL level, like a Mahomes. But for whatever crazy reason, this is a program that has really struggled in terms of championships. They have never won a Big 12 championship. They have never won a championship at the Division I level or, or conference that's debatable. They were co-champions back in the Southwest Conference days. Steve Sloan, they had a co-championship back in 76 when he was coaching. And then Spike Dykes, that's Sonny Dykes, a Texas Tech alumnus, by the way, and current coach of SMU. When Dykes was there, they did have a co-championship when they went 6-6. Six and six. That was their record, and that was good enough to be a co-champion of the Southwest Conference in 1994. That wasn't too good. That wasn't too good at all. Now, they did have, with Mike Leach, that amazing 2008 season where they went 11-2. and They were 7-1 and in the Big 12 Conference, but at that time they had divisions, and they ended up losing their tiebreaker in that division. I guess it would have been the Big 12 South. They lost out to Oklahoma because they lost that game to Oklahoma. The only regular season loss Mike Leach had 
with Texas Tech in 2008. And that was a team that beat Texas in that miracle win there at Jones AT&T. And they only had that one loss. And their reward for that incredible season was they went to the Cotton Bowl back when the Cotton Bowl wasn't as prestigious as it is now. Now it's a New Year's Six Bowl. They played a team out of the SEC that had lost about four games in that Cotton Bowl at the old Cotton Bowl Stadium. It was actually the last Cotton Bowl played at the Cotton Bowl Stadium in Dallas. They played Houston Nuts, Ole Miss Rebels, and Ole Miss rallied and beat the snot out of Texas Tech that day. It was an embarrassing loss for Texas Tech and ended up having in that season two losses overall, 11-2 and Texas Tech's 2008 season. But after Leach was run off of Lubbock, they went through several coaches. Tommy Turbervilles coached out there and left them in the middle of the night to go to Cincinnati of all places. And currently the head coach – and then you had one of Texas Tech's great football players turned coaches come in there before Matt Wells came in to be the coach of Texas Tech. And he had them on the right path, although – before he took off for the Arizona Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury, they just actually didn't have that unbelievable miracle season. They just kind of floundered around. I'm surprised KK, Cliff Kingsbury, even got hired by an NFL team, but he, but he did. And I think he's got that program there in the desert headed in the right direction. So after Kingsbury departs, Matt Wells comes in. He's a guy who had been the head coach at Utah State. Matt Wells born in Columbia, South Carolina. Didn't know that about his bio. He's 47 years old, and before, again, coming to Lubbock, he had been the Aggies coach. That's Utah State. Started at Utah State in 2011 and then had a very good final season there in 2018. That's why he was picked to be the head man in Lubbock. So he enters this season coming in 2021 following two rather bad seasons. His last year out in Utah, he was 10-2. and two. His first two seasons in Lubbock, he went 4-8, and eight, and then he went 4-6. and six. Still has not taken this team to a bowl game. And Texas Tech needs to get back to relevance, and a bowl game would do just that. But that's what's on tap for Texas Tech entering the 2021 season. They got a lot of problems. They got problems they didn't forecast with the departures of Oklahoma and Texas seeming imminent. And where's Texas Tech going to end up when the dust settles on this whole conference realignment? I don't think they're in a good position. And right now they better take advantage of what they've got on their schedule. And for the 2021 schedule for Texas Tech, it all starts September 4th when they go down to Houston and take on the Cougars at NRG Stadium. We'll have more on the Red Raiders coming up in Hour 3. We'll tell you more about the university itself. We'll discuss some of the famous alumni of Texas Tech. Believe it or not, there's a guy who has one of the greatest songs in the 20th century's discography, a song that's about a state that's not Texas, by the way, and he is a Texas Tech alum. I'll tell you about that. Up next on Y'all, it is hashtag Hullabaloo. Stay tuned for that.
going to wrap up this hour of y'all with a little social media fun. It's hashtag hullabaloo. This is where some of the social media outlets share with us what's going on across the Southland. You're welcome to also find us on social media on Facebook. Just look for y'all.com and please follow our page. Share with us any kind of good stuff that you might have while you're in the neighborhood too. We start out with our hashtag hullabaloo courtesy of Mary H on Twitter. Mary H. is at Drowsy Redhead. And Mary H. is a noted Wilco fan and a Topo Chico enthusiast. And she has a share that she's putting out on Twitter this week. Good content here, she writes. And she has a tweet coming from at Eater. That is a Twitter account from Eater. And at Eater has released a tweet this week saying... From Winston-Salem to Myrtle Beach, where to find Stellar Barbecue, Pillowy Biscuits, King Crab Legs, and more in the Carolinas. Again, this comes to us from the Twitter account, and I I guess they also have an Instagram account at, at Eater. Just like it looks and says, Eater is a website that is a food and dining network of sites and brands of Vox Media. The network co-founded back in 2005. It originally focused on the dining and nightlife in New York City, but it looks like it has expanded. And now Eater, eater eater.com is the web domain, food news and dining guides from across the entire country. And they have a whole area devoted to the Carolinas. So check that out if you're in the Carolinas or heading to the Carolinas. You can check out some of the good recommendations coming from Eater. I'm just going to click on it here while I'm talking about it. You actually can go to this domain, Carolinas, with an S on the end, carolinas.eater.com, and they've got lots of story ideas and information. I'm looking here at eater.com. One story, this North Carolina brewery just now sells pre-rolled joints. Woo! I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but they have that story up at eatery.eater.com, specifically carolinas.eater.com. Here's another story that may not be quite so controversial. 12 top dining destinations in Mount Pleasant. That's in the Charleston area. That article is right next to an article called An Eater's Guide to Charleston. So they cover the Carolinas big time on this site. Check it out if you'd like. And again, Thank you to Mary on Twitter this week, letting us know all about the good content found from the website eater.com and on social media at eater. Check it out and learn all about pillowy biscuits, king crab legs, and great barbecue scattered throughout the Carolinas. We've got two more hours of this show, the y'all show, and we'll be getting right into hour two. When we come back in hour two, we're going to take you to Austin, we have a very special guest, a member of the band Nobody's Girl. Betty Sue will be our special guest. That plus some Willie Nelson news and more. It's Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent, and we'll be right back.
Welcome back in. We have two more hours left here on this Thursday Talk About the South. I'm John Rawl. You can find me. Just go to y'all.com. That's where you'll find me, and you'll see a great little email address if you need to specifically send something my way. But if you have anything that you want to email us or let us know about, a couple of ways for you to do that. You can drop us an email, mail, M-A-I-L, at y'all.com. Also, you can text or call. That text line is 803-816-1170. Available for you, whether you're listening to us on one of our unbelievably awesome radio affiliates or if you're catching us in podcast form. Don't forget, we're all over Spotify now. So set it up for you to get this show in its entirety each and every day. Coming up here in this second hour of Talk with a Southern Accent, we got more headlines from across the Southeast that we'll be sharing with you. Then we'll go to the entertainment headlines of the day. Willie Nelson News will let you know what old Willie is up to. And I mean O-L-E, not O-L-D, although the guy is pushing 90 years old. And kudos on all of his great accomplishments in his career. And uh, gosh, if we could be Willie Nelson just for a day, how cool would that be? But we'll let you know. What's up with Willie Nelson as he's in the news here on the Y'all Show? Plus a scare for a star of a hit TV series, Breaking Bad, Bob Odenkirk, in the news. We'll let you know why on today's entertainment report. That plus Cole Swindell, quite an honor, celebrating his 10th number one hit in Nashville. We'll play that 10th number one single Saturday night as we send you out of our entertainment report here in this second hour. Also in this second hour, we're going to take you to the capital of the Lone Star State. We're going to catch up with Betty Sue. She is a member of Nobody's Girl. And Nobody's Girl is an Austin-based music group. Kind of ride that fine line of folk, country, rock. Just great music. And we'll be playing some of Nobody's Girl's songs, telling you more about this trio of lovely ladies. And again, it's the Houston area's Betty Sue is going to be our special guest. That's later this hour. Before we're done this hour of the Y'all Show, Melissa Rhodes will be telling us all about Southern business as she's got a report that she'll be filing here on this second hour. And don't forget, coming up in hour three, more of our spotlight on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. That's ahead, plus festivals going on this weekend. There's one festival in the Lone Star State that I'm going to tell you about that's Somewhat weird, uh, weird, disturbing. You could use whatever adjective you'd like. I'm going to let you know about it, but I'm going to clean things up because I'm going to also tell you about something going on this weekend in Bonacqua, Tennessee. It's a Christian contemporary, or is it contemporary Christian? It's good Christian music on display in Middle Tennessee, and I'm going to tell you about that also on our look at what's going on this weekend across the southeast. All that's ahead, so make sure you stick around. Back into the news of the day, and Marjorie Taylor Greene, we just can't go a few hours without letting you know what's going on with this freshman congressman from the state of Georgia. Marjorie Greene is suing Nancy Pelosi over the COVID mask fines that she was weighed upon her, and she likens the COVID mask rules and the fines to segregation. Green and two other lawmakers are suing Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the United States House, 
and she's also suing the House Sergeant at Arms over fines they received for violating rules on wearing a mask. The lawsuit filed earlier this week in Washington's U.S. District Court on behalf of Representative Green, as well as Kentucky Congressman Thomas Massey and South Carolina Congressman Ralph Norman. The House Ethics Committee last week rejected appeals filed by all three representatives over the $500 fines they received after refusing to wear masks on the House floor as mandated by Pelosi as a precaution during the coronavirus pandemic. During a news conference to publicize this legal action, the Georgia congressman characterized the mask policy as segregation and discrimination against people who both refused to wear the face coverings but also declined to be vaccinated. The text of the lawsuit, not yet available, but court records indicate these trio of lawmakers are alleging that their civil rights were violated by the mandate and ensuing fines. Now, Green did wear a mask a fair amount on the House floor. I know so because she got to be kind of famous for going out wearing masks that either said stop the steal or some of the other in-your-face messages. I like Marjorie Green's spunk. I like the fact that she's not your typical 40-something-year-old congressperson that's just up there collecting a paycheck. She's a dust kicker-upper. But she also likes being in the news, and that is the question that her constituents in North Georgia are going to have to go to the polls in just about a year and decide, do they want a congressman representing their district, or do they want a congressman, as they have right now, who's more concerned about being all over national television and usually drawing the complaints of a lot of people because of what she says. Again, here, you feel sorry in some ways that she's got to file a lawsuit. you got to feel for her for having a $500 fine. But then she turns around and throws out words like segregation while trying to justify her lawsuit. And that alone helps take this story, this narrative, down a path that I don't know we necessarily needed to have. She likes the attention. She is obsessed with Alexandria Cortez out of New York. So much so that I think they've challenged. She's she's been trying to get the New York congressman together for some kind of debate. And Representative Cortez so far has avoided her. And probably good for her for doing that. Because, boy, I'd be, if I were Representative Cortez, I think I'd be almost tempted to have another Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr type event. Maybe a good pay-per-view. Maybe they don't have to go out there and duel to the death, but a good cage match. Honestly, we probably need that. We need a good cage match. Maybe some mud or let those two go at it and chocolate. I think they're both. I know Representative Green is extremely fit. She actually used to own a CrossFit gym. I've seen video of her doing pull-ups, multiple pull-ups. I can't do one. She was doing a bunch right there in her office in Washington, D.C. And I think Representative Cortez is pretty fit, too. It would be well worth the admission. They could even do it for charity. I know that 
Cortez is avoiding her on a serious debate. So for the country's sake, we need some fun. We need some distractions. And it looks like some of this MMA stuff is not exactly what it's built up to be with people going out in the first round. Yeah, that would be a great thing to do. Let's try to have it. The y'all show cage match between representatives Cortez and Green and we'll give the money away to charity. And and we'll make both of them of course wear masks the whole time too. Let's let's get our people on that. Okay? Hey, y'all get on that one right now. Let's let's try to make that a reality here before the summer's up. We need something. The Olympics sure aren't worth watching. Something to catch our attention. That would be a good way to do it. We'll have more headlines from across the southeast here on the Y'all Show as we continue on. We'll not be talking cage matches or wrestling and mud, <laughs> although that would be, again, well worth the view. The Y'all Show continues after this. We've got an entertainment report, some real news, not just made-up crazy notions like I was just suggesting. We'll have that. Willie Nelson's in the news, plus Cole Swindell, another number one. We'll play that song and more when the Y'all Show continues. Blue Star Medicated Ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million. Nelson songs from the 1970s little whiskey river I know you've always wanted to know where that live recording went down it's from the album Willie and Family Live and that was recorded at Harris in Lake Tahoe Nevada April 1978 on that song Emmy Lou Harris is providing backup vocals Johnny Paychecks also is part of that album and again that was from the double LP Willie Nelson, or rather just Willie and Family Live, out in 1978 on the Columbia Records imprint. Speaking of Willie here on the Y'all Show, 
with John Rawl, the talented Texan, has a production that's well underway. It's a Willie Nelson and Family docu-series, a definitive multi-part docu-series that will feature Willie Nelson, his family, including Lucas, and his friends. A press release about the production has been put out in the deep-rooted Nelson locales of Austin, Maui, Nashville, Vegas, or rather Los Angeles and New York. I don't know if Willie goes to Vegas or not, but his normal stomping grounds, those capital cities of Tennessee and Austin, Nashville and Austin, Nashville and Texas, the, the capital cities of Tennessee and Texas, Nashville and Austin. Then he's usually hanging out in Maui. I used to send him some stuff to Maui at his house there. Then Los Angeles and New York, you can find Willie Nelson Willie Nelson and family reported to be the definitive docuseries on the life and times of the almost 90-year-old Emmy Award and Grammy Award winning singer. And he's getting help on this. Tom Zimney is helping film this thing. Longtime Nelson manager Mark Rothbaum and Blackbird Presents founder and chief creative officer Keith Wartman are credited as co-collaborators on this family docu-series. It's Willie and all of his family, including his sister, part of this. It will be out soon. It looks like no official release date yet. The artist is leading country music's charge to get back on the road again right now as he's playing a full calendar of concert and festival dates this year. Go to his website to learn more about where you can find Willie Nelson on the road again. Bob Odenkirk has starred in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, and the actor, an Illinois native, was rushed to the hospital this week after collapsing on, collapsing on set on Tuesday. The actor was shooting Better Call Saul in New Mexico when he had to be rushed to the hospital. Better Call Saul currently in production for its sixth season. We wish... Bob Odenkirk, all the best. The Breaking Bad star, as he's got a little health scare going on right now in New Mexico. A Britney Spears update. Britney is supposed to be feeling overwhelmed. And I don't blame her. She's probably more in the news now than she's been since the 1990s. And what is Britney Spears doing? to help herself out and not be so stressed out. <laughs> She's gotten into painting. She's an artiste. She's just put out a video on her Instagram account of her painting. I haven't seen this. I need to click on this. As you guys know, there's a lot of change going on. She put a statement out in my life at the moment, and today I was feeling overwhelmed, so I went to Michael's and got white paper and paint. I wanted to see color, and this is me messing around. Okay, so I'm not a professional painter, but I certainly felt like I was. Using some bold colors. Let's see if I can't see what she actually painted by clicking on her Instagram account. Hello, Britney Spears. Hmm. Uh, she's She got about a, a minute and 15 long video, and she got a big, gigantic, more than life-size piece of paper or 
canvas for her. And she's basically just doodling. She's not really doing anything. You see her little, what looks like Maltese there in this video, if you see it. She's just being a clown. But you know what? She can be a clown because she's got millions of people who want to see her have a good time and wish her the best. Britney Spears, now an artist, perhaps going to give George W. Bush a run for the money on the painting side of things. What a crazy, bizarre story coming from Hollywood. Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis say they only bathe their kids if they see dirt on them. You know, these are supposed to be smart people. These are supposed to be celebrities with more money than they know what to do with. They can't put in a decent shower or bathtub. This famous couple recently sang on Armchair Expert, a podcast, that they only bathe their kids just when they see dirt on them. Well, I've... I know I don't know about you, but a lot of times kids these days don't have dirt on them, but they're still dirty. They still stank. Yeah, they don't get their kids regular baths. That's what is the rule? I think as a child, if I can go back that far, I'm pretty sure I got a bath. I really got a shower every day. And as an adult, my goodness, if I don't have a shower, I'm probably not even going to get out of bed. I have to have a shower. It's a requirement. I haven't got to the two showers a day rule. I may not be all that far off from it. Ashton Kutcher also revealing his own bath habits, saying he washes his armpits and, quote, my crotch daily and nothing else ever. These people are disgusting. Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis need some hip out in Los Angeles. I think I think Ashton is a native of Iowa. He needs to get back to the cornfield pretty soon and and then he might be more likely to get a bathing experience under his belt. Country music singer Jimmy Allen is going to appear this week on Celebrity Family Feud. Maybe you've already seen his appearance with Steve Harvey as Jimmy made his way to Atlanta for the taping. The country music singer again this week on Celebrity Family Feud. I don't know what their rhyme or reason of when those things get rolled out to the TV affiliates, the celebrity version of them, but it's always fun to see all these famous people acting fools. I guess just like Britney Spears when she's in front of a camera painting. And that's the case with Jim, Jimmy Allen maybe on Celebrity Family Feud here this week. And wrapping up our stories of entertainment news, how about this song? It's Cole Swindell, the Georgia singer, just celebrated his 10th number one hit this week as Single Saturday Night has earned more than 122 million streams since it came out. And it is, again, the singer's 10th top chart topper, Single Saturday Night. Early digital consumption of the song propelled it to number seven on the all-genre iTunes chart. Single Saturday Night is the first single released after Swindell's previous album, All of It, which contained hits like Break Up in the End and Love You Too Late. And he is going to be opening up on Thomas Rhett and his fellow Georgia singers' Centerpoint Road Tour. That starts August 20th in Bangor, Maine. Cole Swindell, how about that? Ten number one songs and single Saturday night is the latest. We've got more of the Y'all Show. When we come back, we will have, direct from Austin, Texas, Betty Sue on with us. She's a member of the group 
Nobody's Girl. You're going to learn more about this incredibly talented act and have a little bit of music of Nobody's Girl played along the way. All that is up next as Cole Swindell takes us to break. If they see me, when they see you Cause girl, I got you by my side Every single Saturday night, yeah Every now and then the boys tell me they miss me Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Smear a bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health for your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million. Y'all show talk with a southern accent. We're going to go now to the state capital of the Lone Star State. Nobody's Girl is a up-and-coming trio of three extremely talented Texas women, and we're going to have one of them join us right now to talk about this up-and-coming group, which has been described. Let me just pull up the exact terminology that they're using to describe Nobody's Girl these days. It is a group that is the bridges the great divide between folk and heavenly pop. I think it's just good music. And Betty Sue of Nobody's Girl is on with us to talk about that beautiful music being made in Austin, Texas. Welcome to the Y'all Show, Betty Sue. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here with you. Well, we are glad to have you. And you have two fellow band members, two of which are not here with you today. You've got Rebecca Loby and Grace Pettis. And again, you three formed this band, Nobody's Girl. We're going to learn a lot more about it. But tell us a little bit more about your own background, Betty Sue. Well, I grew up in Spring, Texas, which is just outside of Houston, and um, grew up in a very musical family. I have three sisters, and my uh, folks are big music lovers. My 
um, whole family was very musical. We all grew up playing a lot of instruments and singing and um, playing music together. And still, I didn't ever expect to become a professional musician. And it wasn't until I was in my late 20s that I um, basically a couple of mentors in my life sat me down and said, you know, everybody in your life except for you knows that you want to do this. So we, <laughs> we think you should go for it. And kind of the rest of this is, is history. Yeah. Well, Spring, Texas is north of Houston. It is, so, yeah. I mean, how often did you venture into the big city if you grew up in a suburb like Spring? You know, a lot, actually. Um, well, we, well, I guess not that much. I mean, we, my parents were big classical music lovers, and so we, we went into town to see the, the uh, symphony play or to go to the opera or to go to theater. Um, but that was, you know, a once-in-a-while treat. Mostly I grew up in Spring, and um, I'm old enough that, I saw spring really change from like an outlying area that was mostly surrounded by farms to um, one by one, the farms selling and becoming subdivisions, you know? Yeah. Well, Betty Sue ultimately made the move from the Houston area to, to the Austin area. So what led you to Austin? Um, well, when I was deciding what school to go to after high school, honestly, I had so many friends who were already living in Austin. Um, a lot of my friends and I would go visit Austin a lot and I wanted to live there <laughs> and I loved the music scene. I didn't expect to be a musician, but I loved going to hear music. And, um, you know, when you grow up in spring, Texas, Lyle Lovett is kind of your hometown hero. So I grew up kind of worshiping him and is he I from love... spring, Texas? Mm -hmm. Well, the spring Klein area. Yeah. His grandparents or great grandparents were some of the founders of Klein, hmm. Texas. So, um, uh, yeah, so I just always grew up with that kind of legend of Texas songwriting and how so much of that culture was steeped in the city of Austin. So I knew I wanted to live there. Have you met Lyle Lovett? I have a couple of times. He was very nice. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad the two of you connected. So did you decide to go to the University of Texas and go to the 40 Acres? I did. So I am a Longhorn, hook them. And did, I oh, yeah. Okay. I want to make sure you got that in. <laughs> I believe Lyle Lovett is an A&M guy, I think. He is. I know. It's Poor guy. Poor guy. <laughs> so you went to UT and stuck around Austin, it sounds like. I did. Yep. I was one of those, one of those many who go to school there and then can't ever escape Austin. <laughs> just it. Well, you've seen Austin. If you thought spring changed a lot in your lifetime, Austin, Texas has also changed a lot and more and more people moving there. It is a, um, of course, a cultural place and, and, and besides being the state capital of Texas. And so I guess you're part of that infusion of great talent that have made Austin what it is. It, it is. It's definitely, you know, I think it has been one of the fastest growing cities in the country for a long time now. And um, I definitely feel like part of that growth, um, even though I've been there for a couple of decades, uh, I don't, I don't know. I think if you weren't born there, <laughs> you can't say you're from there. We're, we're very strict about things like that in Texas. Well, with Nobody's Girl, again, you're teamed up with two other bandmates. One of those, Rebecca Lobie, people might remember her. She was on season one of The Voice, and she actually grew up mostly in Georgia before getting to Texas. So I know she has kind of her own solo thing where she still goes mm -hmm. out and performs. Are you also a solo artist? 
I am. Yeah, all three of us are singer, songwriter, solo artists who actually met um, now 13 years ago in 2008. Um, is that right? Is that right, Matthew? Yeah, okay. <laughs> that was like 13, 13 years ago um, at Kerrville, at the Kerrville Folk Festival, which is out in Kerrville, Texas, out in the Hill Country. And it's a place where a lot of singer songwriters gather every year and camp out and trade songs. And then great artists will come and perform on the main stage, you know, the Indigo Girls or, you know, um, folks from Peter, Paul and Mary and, you know, Peter Yarrow and stuff. And so these folks would. And, th and there's this wide aid range of people who gather at Kerrville every year. And in 2008, all of us were there as young songwriters, um, you know, trying to learn more about the kind of folk music community in the U.S. And we became connected. We became friends that year. And in the intervening decade, all three of us toured pretty much full time and had our own solo careers going. I also play in a couple of other bands um, as a side person. And then we decided we were going to do this one three week tour as a package uh, tour of three independent songwriters. And then the next thing we knew we were a band and we'd never planned it that way, but we haven't looked back. Y'all must get along pretty good. We do. We really love <laughs> each other a lot. No fighting between you. Uh, that's hard to pull off when oh, you've got I'm three ladies together. Uh, oh, okay, right. <laughs> no, actually we get along really well. And honestly, I think all three of us feel really lucky that everybody in the group is a caring, honest, um, you know, person of integrity who really wants to make this a good time for everybody. Well, you're doing just that. Now I want to ask you, as we are talking with Betty Sue of nobody's girl here on today's y'all show with John Rawl, you have this band, you've been working, then you've got all this things, things happening for you. And then a pandemic comes and I know that kind of threw everybody off in the world of music. But finally, finally, I'm going to reveal here what you got here. Nobody's Girl. That is the latest effort. Tell me about this and the, I guess, really hard effort it took to get Nobody's Girl, the self-titled album, out. Yeah, we were all geared to release it last summer and um, the end of June of 2020. And, you know, I think every well, not just every artist, but every business that had big plans to launch something last year had to really take stock and decide whether it was better to just keep to march along and, and keep going for it, or if it was better to delay some of the plans. And, you know, we considered putting it out and releasing it last year anyway. Everybody was switching to the streaming model, and we wondered if we could make that transition with our group because we were all doing it as solo artists. But we realized what really makes our sound special is the harmony and not just that we sing in harmony, but that a lot of our songs are structured so that there are kind of um, different lead parts that are kind of all stacked on top of each other simultaneously and they weave in and out of each other. Mm -hmm. And the lyrics are all kind of part of that sound. And we realized because we weren't potted together, we couldn't really, communicate that um, in a live stream. And so we thought we will wait until we can actually tour the record and bring the shows live to people in person. So well, we awesome. Here. <laughs> I know the music is going to be great when people are able to get this and, and the release date's not until July, right? Right. The end of July, July, end of July. So it, the music's going to be good, but how cool is this cover? 
Thank you. An artist named Bo Shoulders uh, did the design work for it, and he was so great to work with. You know, every bit of feedback or ideas that we had, he found a way to incorporate it, and we just loved what he did. The yeah, photography yeah. is by a great um, local Austin portrait artist named uh, Valerie Freeman, who takes some of the best photographs any of us know about. <laughs> this arrives July 30th on Lucky Hound Music, the album from Nobody's Girl with Betty Sue, who we're talking with now, also Rebecca Lobie and Grace Pettis. Now, just because it's kind of artistic, I'm getting a little bit thrown off. Tell me who is who on this album cover. I think you're on the left. <laughs> Who's that on top of the uh, photo there? I'm on the left with the crazy eye makeup. Uh, Rebecca is down facing you directly, and Grace Pettis is up on top. I see. Now, we've talked about Rebecca a little bit. We've been talking about you. Tell me more about Grace Pettis. Yeah, so all three of us are from the South or Southwest. I grew up obviously in Texas. Rebecca, as you said, um, grew up in the Atlanta area. And Grace actually grew up both in the Atlanta area and in Northern Alabama in a small town called Mintone. And her father is a professional singer songwriter who has had a lot of success. He's written hit songs for people like Garth Brooks. His name is Pierce Pettis and we all are big fans of his writing. And so Grace grew up familiar with the troubadour scene and community um, and really started writing songs when she was a teenager and has always been an amazing talent. Yep. She's uh, she definitely has been getting high her whole life. Cause if you've ever been to Mentone, Alabama, it's on top of the mountain. Have you been there? <laughs> I, I still haven't been. We keep saying that we're going to go there together, but um, I always joked that, you know, if you have ever spent a lot of time on the road driving the highways um, in the South, then you, you've seen all of those billboards for Ruby Falls. Yeah. You know, and you see one after another, like every half mile, there's another billboard for it. And I remember I was joking about that one day when we were on the road and she was like, that's me. That's where we, that's where I'm from. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, that's right near where I'm from. And so I was like, oh my God, now we really have to go. It's actually the same mountain. If you, that's if you know, yeah. it's, it's Lookout Mountain and Lookout Mountain ends in Chattanooga right there on the Tennessee River, but it actually stretches for miles and miles. I'm talking maybe a hundred miles all the way down to Gadsden, Alabama, but Mentone is right there kind of near the Georgia line. And it's a beautiful place. A lot of summer camps are in Mentone. A Boy Scout camp that I used to go to is there in Mentone, Alabama. <laughs> Just that's throwing that out said. there. That's what she said. She tries to lure us more with the, um, the, uh, the baggage store, you know, the unclaimed baggage. Oh, unclaimed baggage. That That's actually, that's not in, in Mentone. That's, I know it's not in Mentone. You're going to have to go down the mountain and go over to a place <laughs> called Scottsboro. But also, do you know what's just down the mountain from Mentone, the actual county that that is located in? Do you know what the big town in the area is? I don't remember. A place called Fort Payne, Alabama. Oh, okay. And have you ever heard of that? And what's it? Yeah, it's, it's where connection to music. There you go. All right, yes. That is where literally Alabama, the band, is from, and that's where yeah. they are from. They live there. And in fact, they go up to Mentone. A lot of them go up there and in fish because it's just up the mountain from from fort oh, Payne. way and, too and much I information been, i have actually been to unclaimed baggage oh did you get a <laughs> get a good deal i did i think i bought like a couple of dresses there it was years ago but <laughs> <laughs> look getting out about speaking of that because you have this act uh, nobody's girl are you right now booking lots of tours all over the the country and specifically in the south for nobody's girl 
Well, we have um, a bunch of shows. Well, you know, it's been it's been an unusual year for booking because just like everybody in the whole world, everybody's trying to figure out um, at what scale their businesses are going to be open or how many people they feel comfortable inviting into their doors at a time. And they're, everybody's, I think, hedging their bets a little bit. They want to they want to open up and, you know, invite people in, especially if everybody feels safe and is vaccinated. But um, I think they're also a little bit afraid of making promises that they can't keep in case things change again. So um, we've run into, as most musicians have, I think, you know, talking with some venues and they're a little bit hesitant to lock in everything. And we completely understand that. We're very sympathetic to um, the struggles that they've had for the past year and a half. And but we are going to do some dates around Texas and Oklahoma in, in uh, July and August. And then we're going to come out to West Virginia to do a show at Mountain Stage. And then um, I know we've got dates booked in the Northeast, on the West Coast, and I think some um, along the Atlantic seaboard. But I'm Yeah, I'm looking, at your, I'm looking at your schedule right now. And you talk about getting your passport stamped. You're going to have to get that thing stamped a lot because you're going to Hollywood, <laughs> Betty Sue. We're performing in Hollywood in late October at the Nobody's Girl release show at the Hotel Cafe in in Hollywood. Plus, you're going to be going, as you said, to West Virginia. You're going to Albany, New York, from the Texas State Capitol to the New York State Capitol. You're playing in San Mm -hmm. Francisco also. And don't forget, you better call up your family if they're hanging out in Spring, Texas these days because you're going to be going to a Nobody's Girl release show, and that's going to be in Houston. And that is going to be taking place on August the 6th, it looks like. At, yeah. Uh, what, what is that place Duck. called? McGonag- it's called the Mucky Duck. McGonagall's Mucky Duck. And that is a great listening room. It um, it hosts so much great music there. You know, usually t- for years it's done, you know, two shows a night. Um, and you might find, you know, James McMurtry or um, Hayes Carl or, you know, all kinds of great folks who play there, John Evans and... So we're really looking forward to returning to the Mucky Duck. Yeah, and again, when you go there, it'll be right after that album right there, Nobody's Girl, the eponymous, isn't that the word? The That's epo- the word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little, little tough on this southern boy sometimes. $2, this, $2 word, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're not good at math, and I'm not good at the English language, evidently. <laughs> uh, but uh, that that is uh, right after that comes out with these fantastic three girls when Georgia, Alabama, and Texas come together, you got nobody's girl out of Austin, Texas, is where they call home. I do want to ask you, Betty Sue, which, hey, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to embarrass you here. We talked to a lot of people here on the Y'all Show, and the name the name Betty Sue might just be the most Southern name I've ever heard of. <laughs> I know. And I've asked my folks where they first heard that um, name because they were immigrants in the early 70s. Um, I mean, so they lived in the States probably six years before I came along, but they honestly could not tell me. They couldn't <laughs> remember who they'd heard. They'd heard it somewhere and thought it was a cool name or thought it was pretty, but um, they, I was like, I must have been named for somebody with a name, you know, such a specific Southern name, but they honestly Well, it's a it's so. a great name. I just got myself lucky. <laughs> yes, you are. You're a lucky, lucky Betty Sue here as we talk to you on the Y'all Show. And I want to ask, because I haven't done this yet, so when we get out to Texas and we go to the Muckety, Muckety Duck, is that <laughs> the right? Muckety Duck, yeah. Okay. We go to places like that and we see Nobody's Girl in action. What are your different roles up on stage? 
Well, all of us are singing. All of us are taking turns singing the lead part and singing harmony. Sometimes, a lot of times within the same song, we're trading off who's taking a verse and who's taking a chorus. And um, we all play guitar. I uh, sometimes also play some accordion with us. Do you really? uh, Yeah. (laughs) Man, you've just gone way up on the cool level right there. I think that's the first time anybody said that. (laughs) I mean, I think you were pretty cool anyway, but anybody that plays the accordion... It's just, uh, you're a gift from God. <laughs> well, thank you. My cat disagrees. She oh, hates okay. it. Oh, you, you <laughs> called out the cat. What's her name? Corduroy. Corduroy. All right. Not not quite as Southern as Betty Betty Sue, but Corduroy's pretty know, cool right? too. But So y'all y'all <laughs> shift in a, even in a song, roles and playing, and, and, and it sounds like a very, very exciting exciting time when you get to see nobody's girl and let me remind you what the critics are saying about this austin-based band they bridge the great divide between folk and heavenly pop i love that i didn't come up with that one again remember i'm not very good at this english language thing but (laughs) this trio with grace and you got rebecca and then betty sue all coming together Please check it out and go to the website. The website is We Are Nobody's Girl, which I better ask before we get out of here with you. It's kind of a depressing name, you know, You're Nobody's Girl. How did the name come about? Well, we, you know, we kind of tried to take that phrase. We, I think we originally grabbed it from the song that Bonnie Raitt recorded years ago, um, which does have a slight, you know, sad tinge to it, but... We kind of wanted it to mean that we own ourselves, you know, that we don't have to belong to anybody. Um, that, you know, we're independent and we are grown women and <laughs> we are uh, very self-possessed. And the result is Nobody's Girl, the band, the trio. Betty Sue, thank you very much for taking time to join us here on the Y'all Show and good luck with the tour date you got. Good luck with Corduroy. Thank you, John. And we will catch y'all real soon. All right. See all y'all later. Okay. Betty Sue of Nobody's Girl. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we will have more of the show that covers all things Southern. Stay tuned. I can't say much of Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people 
to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million. Southern Accent. Here's the Business South update from y'all.com. I'm Melissa Rhodes. One of Yahoo News' top 10 entrepreneurs of 2021 is Warrington, Virginia native and University of Virginia alumnus Steve Huffman. The 37-year-old co-founded and serves as CEO of Reddit. Reddit is a discussion and news website that currently ranks as one of the world's top 20 websites. As the country gets its business sea legs back, savvy tech geeks like this Virginian envision definite change on showing up to work. Huffman in a recent interview with Axios' Erica Pandy. The only thing I know for sure is I am not going to be working in the office five days a week, and I'm not going to be working from home five days a week. And given how much we've learned in the last year, I think we'd be foolish to assume we know anything at all about the year to come in terms of how people want to work. Business news, headlines, and more at y'all.com. And thank you, for Melissa, for that great informative Business. Business. That's right. We cover business here on the Y'all Show. And how about that? Reddit.com. And I'm actually on that website. It's not a website or app I usually check out, but I'm visiting there right now. And if you go there, they've got more on this Bob Odenkirk story that has been released about him collapsing while filming in New Mexico. They've got info on Simone Biles, the Olympian. And a whole bunch of nonsense up there, too, because just like a lot of places, including the Y'all Show, they go on social media and dig up some of that crazy, goofy stuff. You know, the kind of stuff that gets lots of clicks. And Reddit.com seems to have a pretty good grasp of clicking stories, stories that will be what everybody gathers around the water cooler and discusses. So congratulations again to that native Virginia for being a part of the founding team of reddit.com. You don't have to read y'all.com to enjoy what's going on. You can actually go there and watch and listen y'all.com. Some of the great stories that we also put right here on the y'all show and y'all.com is setting us up for our final hour. When we come back after this break, we'll hit it, hit our three. We'll tell you about some of the sports goings on and more on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Plus, we'll be taking you to some of the great festivals going on across the South this weekend. All that's ahead on the Y'all Show. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirror bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million.
back into the final hour. Hello, I'm John Rawl, and this is The Y'all Show. This is where we get together each and every day and discuss what's going on across the 16 southern states, Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, Missouri, North Carolina, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia. We've got the South covered here, and we want to be sure that you know that you can be part of our program. You can text anytime, 803-816-1170. So easy for you to reach out and get your inner Southern going with the Y'all Show. In this final hour of the Thursday Y'all Show, we've got a lot planned for you. We're going to be telling you more sports happenings, including some golf news here as we start off this hour. We'll have some college football goings on in the second segment as we are on this tour across college football. And our stop today is in Lubbock, Texas. It's all Texas Tech Red Raiders. And we'll let you know about the traditions, some of the famous alumni, and more about the university itself as it's all Red Raiders in our second segment today. Then we'll go back to the headlines of the Southeast here as we have continuing coverage of what's going on across the Southeast, including in that coverage today is a story out of Tampa, Florida, where the police there spent money on booze and lap lap dances. What's going on in Tampa? What's going on in Memphis? It looks like the I-40 bridge, which has been shut down for, I think, about two months now, might be getting ready to open any day now. And we'll go to eastern Arkansas for a report on the I-40 bridge, plus some transportation news with Governor DeSantis in the state of Florida. That, plus a Fayetteville, North Carolina woman, is using her lottery prize money winnings. $2 million, by the way. She's using that to help out senior citizens in the Fayetteville, North Carolina community. What a touching and fitting way to wrap up our headlines today. And we'll do that and share that story with you a little bit later this hour. And before the hour is completely over with, we're going to scan the southeast and tell you about some of the awesome festivals that are either already underway this week or will be hitting and going into high gear this weekend. It's our Festive South feature. It's coming up later this hour on Talk with a Southern Accent. To the world of sports, the NFL training caps, most of them are already in camp. A few still have a few extra hours before they have to show up and start sweating their little hearts out, getting ready for the start of the 2021 season. One player that I really thought was going to just kind of skip out on 2021 because he's been making such a big deal out of his little gripe session with the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers. This week, the former Cal Bear quarterback ends up right back where he has made his fame and fortune with the Green Bay Packers as he showed up back on Tuesday at 8.28 in the morning at the Green Bay area to arrive for the start of camp. I, I wonder if he was going to get fined if he wasn't there. I know Deshaun Watson of the Texans is ready to go, even though he's got all these problems off the field. He didn't want to get a $50,000 a day fine. I think that's the amount for the former Clemson quarterback. And now – 
The Packers are letting everybody know that, indeed, Aaron Rodgers showed up. They put a tweet out with a picture of him showing up with his little backpack on for the start of training camp. This could be and likely will be Aaron Rodgers' final year as a Green Bay Packer quarterback, but I thought we might have already reached that point. Upon his arrival there at Lambeau, Aaron Rodgers went straight into the COVID-19 testing tent and then entered Lambeau Field. I wonder if their first so-called practice there in Green Bay was in the stadium. Not sure. But according to the uh, organization, at Packers on social media, they're very proud of the fact that their very good MVP-type quarterback is back wearing the green and gold of Packer Nation. To the world of golf, as some of the best golfers right now in the world are participating in the Olympics this week in Tokyo, how about Colin Morikawa, the former Cal Bear, just like Aaron Rodgers? He just won the Open Championship in England, and he's also a part of this U.S. Olympic team. We've got a story courtesy of Rex Hoggard of GolfChannel.com. Rex has penned an article how Open Champ Colin Morikawa celebrated with the Claret Jug before heading on to the Olympics. So get ready. Hopefully, this is not too X-rated. Colin Morikawa, who is not even 25 years old, won his Open Championship, the British Open, and his first time ever participating in the Open Championship. He also won... Did he win the PGA? I think he won the PGA Championship in his first time as that was held out in California in the San Francisco area. Won that back in 2020. So he's won two majors already. Morikawa is telling Hoggard of the Golf Channel that he and his caddy, J.J. Jakovic, celebrated in England that Sunday night after he got the Claret Jug before catching a flight the next morning back to America. As Morikawa said, we had some beers poured into the jug. Couldn't tell you what kind. We were at the hotel, and it was J.J. Jakovic's birthday. So we had a bunch of beers poured in there and had an amazing time. We've had champagne out of it, so it's been a couple of days of great celebrating. Now, after he won that on that Sunday, only, what, two Sundays back, he had to get on that plane because he had to get ready for the Olympics. And just like other members of Team USA, which at the time included Bryson DeChambeau, he got COVIDed out of the Olympics. But you also have other great Olympians like Justin Thomas on Team USA, former Alabama Crimson Tide golfer. Morikawa only had a couple of days back in the States before heading to Japan for the Olympics. And now he says he's resetting himself for the rest of the season. As he told Hoggard of the Golf Channel, It just doesn't flow over to the next day, and I'm automatically going to start making birdies every single hole. That's what I did last time after I won on the PGA. And look for him this week. Look for him going forward. You've got the FedEx playoffs about to start up where they have that race to find out who wins the $10 million FedEx Cup as the money winner of the PGA Tour. But money winners aside, no matter the amount of money, What an amazing career this California native Colin Morikawa has ahead of him and the fact that, again, not even 25 years old, has already won two majors. 
He's already knocked off one of the two of the most prestigious majors out there, the Open Championship, the perhaps hardest one to win for an American. And Morikawa has got that one. Now he's just looking toward Augusta and that beautiful green jacket. And if he gets that one, that would be his third of the four majors. Of course, he probably would not be complaining too much if he got a U.S. Open. (laughs) Either way, he's a fantastic golfer. Wish him and all of the golfers on Team USA the best. And if you're like me, you're a big golfer this week. No matter what country, you're pulling for all these golfers because normally, at least for the sport of golf at the Olympics, these are people that you've heard of. They're not complete amateurs that only show up every four years. These are people that you fall in love with in some cases. My favorite international golfer, just like Bryson DeChambeau, he got coveted, and I really feel for this guy, John Rahm, the Spaniard, who's been number one in the world this year at times. But Rahm tested for just the second time in two months positive for COVID-19 and had to leave the Olympics. And remember, he was at Jack Nicklaus's golf tournament back in the summer, earlier earlier in the summer, when he was found to be positive after he had finished his third round, and he was up about seven strokes and had the reaction of, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this is happening. Because I think that was the second time in the last couple of months he had been tested positive. So he's maybe already tested positive three times in a year. The new daddy, John Rahm. And so he had to leave the Memorial Jacks tournament. And then he comes back just two weeks later and wins the U.S. Open when that was played in San Diego. So he's had a good year despite all the COVID stuff. But again, continuing difficulties, continuing confusion, continuing heartache. And in this case, on this show, continuing coverage of this coronavirus that one day we can all look forward to not be talking about the virus from China. Repeating what we told you earlier in the Y'all Show, Johnny Manziel is commenting on the addition, or at least perceived addition, of the Texas Longhorns and the Oklahoma Sooners joining up in the SEC. He's got a warning. The Heisman Trophy winner of 2012 saying, Lucky for A&M, we have a nine, almost ten-year head start on both of those teams being in the SEC. The rivalry has been gone for a while, but now it looks like that's coming back. It's time to just sack up and go play the game. We're in a good position. He's talking about Texas A&M. We have a good coach. We have a good team. Then he adds, if they want to come to the SEC and see what it's all about, then we'll welcome them with open arms. But it is no cakewalk, and it is not the Big 12, so it should be interesting to see how things play out. The prophetic Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football, discussing the what seems to be likely addition of the University of Texas and Oklahoma. I guess it's Oklahoma University. No, it's it's University of Oklahoma, but they go by OU. That's part of that whole Big H deal. Weird, The weirdness of the old Big H schools. It's University of Oklahoma, but they go by OU. It's University of Kansas, but they go by KU. It's University of Missouri, but they go by MU. It's 
Oklahoma State University, but they go by UOS. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> On that one, I am kidding. I think even Colorado, another old Big 8 member, is the University of Colorado, but I think they go by CU. I don't know why they did that back in that old Big 8 conference, but that conference has gone with the wind, so maybe they need to go look at the alphabet and figure out that maybe the way they've described these teams and schools with their acronyms doesn't make any sense. But I do know that West Virginia University, now a Big 12 member, is not the University of West Virginia. I just found that out this week when we did our little tour stop in Morgantown, West Virginia. And that school really is called West Virginia University. It's WVU. Johnny Football's welcoming in Texas and Oklahoma, if indeed they get added. In fact, Bob Stoops, the longtime coach of the Sooners, the winningest coach in program history, he's also giving a gigum thumbs up for OU to go into the SEC. He says this move to the SEC is what's best for Oklahoma, and he's also glad to see that his former school that he coached for all those years is taking control of its own destiny, as it looks like SEC presidents and chancellors very soon will be casting their votes on whether these two programs will be added to their illustrious lineup of schools that already are members of the Southeastern Conference. Mississippi State University, the National Championship Trophy, is currently on tour. If you're in Vicksburg today, you can catch it at Kirk Brothers Ford. It'll be there lunchtime-ish today. And if you're in Jackson, the state capital, Mississippi Trademark Center is where the trophy will be on full display for a couple hours starting at 5.30 in the late afternoon. You can skip past the Jackson, Mississippi traffic jams and head on over to the Trademark Center and look at that beautiful national championship trophy that Mississippi State University has captured in Omaha. Saturday, the national championship trophy makes its way to the northwest corner of the Magnolia State on Getwell Road in South Haven. It will be on display at North Point Christian School. And then later on Saturday, it will make its way to the Delta Room at the beautiful Alluvian Hotel in Greenwood right there in LaFleur County. It'll be there on Saturday evening. Then the last day, the National Championship Trophy for Mississippi State University will be winding its way across the state. It'll be in Starkville early on Tuesday. Then it will close out its tour across Mississippi at Metro Ford Auto Sales. That's at Barnes Crossing in Tupelo. Check that out late afternoon on Tuesday. Mississippi State won its first national championship back in June with Chris Lamonis guiding this ball club to its first title. The head coach of Mississippi State has just agreed to a long-term contract extension this week. This extension now will pay him $1.25 million in 2022, and that is a boost of $500,000 as he was earning $750,000 as MSU's head coach prior to sending the Bullies off to Omaha and capturing the program's very first national championship. In fact, the school's very first national championship. A job well done by Chris Lamonis. That's a quick look at what's going on across the Southeast here today. When the Y'all Show comes back, we're going to tell you all about the traditions and alumni and more great information on Texas Tech. It's all Red Raiders, and that's coming up after the break here on Talk with a Southern Accent.
The Y'all Show is on the road and stopping by 44 of the South's great college football towns as we get y'all ready for the start of the 2021 college football season. Tailgates, traditions, fight songs. Can you feel the excitement? Here's Y'all Show host John Rawl to fire y'all up with today's great Southern College Football Showcase. And we are getting y'all ready for football season. It's just about a month away. And I know you can feel it. And I know in West Texas, they're ready for the start of the college football season. It's Texas Tech, today's spotlight school on this journey across the South as we get you ready for the start of the 2021 season. And the Red Raiders out of the Big 12, they start their season not in Lubbock, They will be in Houston on Labor Day weekend where they face off against their old foe from the Southwest Conference days, the Houston Cougars. More on Texas Tech, more on the traditions, more on the famous alumni, more. But right now, it's the more than 400-member strong Texas Tech marching band with the fight song. All right, Texas Tech, good job there. Miss uh, Texas Tech marching band and doing a fantastic job there across West Texas as people show up there at Jones AT&T Stadium. Despite the heat, despite the tacos I think they throw there to the crowd or out of the crowd onto the uh, field at, at some point, Texas Tech has been a very, very fun addition to the college football landscape throughout their history. Texas Tech started out back in 1923 as the Texas Technological College. That was its name all the way till 1969 when it changed to Texas Tech University. It is a public research university there in West Texas, and it has a pretty big student body. So big, let me tell you just how many. How many, you ask? They've got 33,000 undergraduates in Lubbock and over 7,000 postgraduates. That's over 40,000 students called Texas Tech University their school. And when you combine that with all the alumni, there's a lot of people who are Red Raiders supporting the scarlet and black of TTU. Again, this is the most Western Power 5 school that we cover here on the Y'all Show out in West Texas. As here on the Y'all Show, we do cover the Lone Star State big time. We don't have all that much West Texas dealings, but Texas Tech being in the Big 12, we certainly are glad to go to there today and give the Red Raiders their proper credit on the Y'all Show's tour across the Southeast, and we're doing exactly that. Now, the school's endowment surpassed the billion-dollar barrier for the first time some seven years ago. So they've got over a billion dollars endowment. Again, with all of the various programs and alumni and students they have. And one of the reasons, frankly, that I like Texas Tech is they've got a college of business there. It's got a pretty good name. <laughs> they have a building built in the last decade there, a $20 million petroleum engineering and research building a new building also on campus to house the Rawls College of Business, two new residence halls, 
They've got a $3.5 million chapel built in the last decade and an extensive remodeling of the building that had previously housed the Rawls College of Business. So I know it's got an S on the ne- on the on the name of the school there, Rawls, but maybe this is for the multiple Rawl members of perhaps my own family. And at Texas Tech, you got the Rawls College of Business. And here on the Y'all Show, you're getting the Rawl College of Southern Indoctrination pumped into you when you tune in to the Y'all Show. But uh, a pretty neat building name and a pretty neat story there at Texas Tech University. They even have a school of law. Did you realize there's the Texas Tech School of Law? It is an ABA-accredited law school in Lubbock there. That's part of the academic foundation of Texas Tech. Let me tell you about some of Texas Tech's most famous alumni. A lot of sports figures from Patrick Mahomes. We mentioned earlier in the show Cliff Kingsbury, current coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Other football players who've gone on and done great things. Actually, Baker Mayfield started out at Texas Tech before he transferred to Oklahoma. It's easy to maybe forget about that, but he's got a Red Raider background himself. A name that I'm sure Texas Tech folks would like to forget, one of their alumni of note is John Hinckley Jr. That's the guy that shot President Ronald Reagan back in 1981, a Texas Tech alumni. Speaking of football players, Wes Welker, remember him? Pretty good tight end. And also another guy that kind of has played that same position for the New England Patriots, Danny Amendola. And don't forget, a guy who's not just Cliff Kingsbury gone from the quarterback position at Texas Tech to being a coach. How about Lincoln Riley, the current coach of Oklahoma, a Texas Tech alumnus? And then you've got people like Barry Corbin is a Texas Tech alumnus. So is George Eads. He's also known as Nick Stokes from CSI. He is a 1989 graduate of Texas Tech. Other famous Tech alums include John Denver. Who knew that John Denver is a Texas Tech University alumnus? But indeed, he is. Also, you've got various actors besides Eads. Colby Donaldson is a Texas Tech alum. You also have from CBS, the great anchor of CBS News, Scott Pelley. And I know he goes back to his home area a fair amount, and tries to give the Red Raiders a little love when he's able to. He's a 1978 alumnus of Texas Tech University. They also have had an addition to John Denver, class of 1961, by the way, in the music world, Natalie Maines. Remember her from the Dixie Chicks? She did not graduate, but she attended Texas Tech. Corey Morrow, singer-songwriter. Bob Livingston. And also a member of, let's see, Wade Bowen, a singer-songwriter, is a Texas Tech alumnus. And tons of athletes, as I mentioned, not just in football, but across the sports landscape. Now, perhaps one of the more famous things about Texas Tech is all of the traditions they got. They got so many traditions, they even have their own Wikipedia page. I don't usually go to Wikipedia for a lot of stuff, but almost have to because of 
the various things that they have there as part of the culture of Texas Tech University. The mask rider, Texas Tech's primary mascot, goes back to a 1936 prank. The mask rider wears a black calcio hat, a black mask, and a scarlet rider's cape, and they usually ride out on the field. They also have a sculpture that was dedicated in 2000 on the campus. It sits outside of Fraser Alumni Pavilion. Then they got the beloved little character that runs around on the field, Raider Red. It started in the 1971 season when the Southwest Conference forbade the inclusion of live animal mascots, so they let Raider Red be invented. And it was actually based on a cartoon by the former mayor of Lubbock, Dirk West. And there you have this really cute red-headed mascot, Raider Red, that goes around the campus. And then, as I said, you got Will Rogers and his horse, Soap Suds, and that's on the campus. And a tradition has it that you go and wrap Raider Red in red paper, it looks like, And that's a tradition that goes on throughout the athletic seasons. How about the Matador song? That was written way back in 1925 with the lyrics, Fight Matadors for Tech, Songs of Love will Sing to Thee, Bear Our Banners Far and Wide Ever to Our Pride, Fearless Champions Ever Be, Stand on Heights of Victory, Strive for Honor Evermore, Long Live the Matadors. That's one of the songs of Texas Tech. They have the Raider Walk, also is one of the great game day traditions at Jones AT&T Stadium. They have the Double T, that's the logo that Texas Tech uses, one of the more familiar logos in college athletics. And then, of course, you can't be a Red Raider fan if you don't do a little guns up. That's the hand sign that you raise high when you're a Texas Tech fan and then they got that bell they ring it's banging bertha and the horse saddle tramps they carry banging bertha a bell on a trailer to all home football games and homecoming events this bell was designed back in 1959 and they ring that thing a lot at a texas tech football game again some of the many traditions that Texas Tech football and other athletic teams at the Lubbock campus enjoy. And here on the All Show today, we've enjoyed telling you about Raider Red and the Will Rogers statue and more. And if you can get to Lubbock for a game at Jones AT&T Stadium, you need to do yourself a favor and do just that. When the Y'all Show continues, we will tell you about some of the news headlines of the day before the hour's up. A look at some of the great festivals going on across the South. This is Y'all. Guns up. I've got the key to the highway. I'm gonna leave here running because walking is most too slow. I'm going back to the 
Not all that much left here on this Thursday edition of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Well, we better speed things up and get you through the rest of the headlines across Dixie today. And our next headline comes to us courtesy of Tampa, Florida, although I'm sure city leaders there aren't exactly happy about this particular headline, as Tampa police have spent money on booze, lap dances, and all this was discovered during an undercover probe. That, according to a review board, an internal affairs report said officers who went to the strip club got to know the dancers but failed to generate any new leads. That's a pretty good job if you could be an investigator and not have to actually have leads and you could go hang out if, if you're that kind of guy or gal at strip clubs and run up a tab and other things that they might have done there. Tampa police working undercover allegedly treated themselves to these lap dances plus drinks for themselves and for dancers too, all during an undercover operation last year at the strip club in the city of Tampa. Details of the undercover operation at the Gold Club in Tampa were discussed during a Citizens Review Board hearing this week. The panel was tasked with taking a second look at the department's internal affairs investigation into the incident. The supervisor of the operation is Sergeant Daniel Rhodes, and he said of the operation, which cost the department's investigatory fund, say that one 500 times fast, Cost them $421, said the goal was to locate drug suspects and gather intelligence on a shooting suspect who had ties to one of the dancers. But evidently nothing came of the intense investigation going on at the Gold Club Gentlemen's Club. And I'm looking at a sign outside of the building for this establishment. And it's bad enough it's a gentleman's club, but they proudly promote on their big sign there in Tampa Full liquor. That's that's all it says. Big, bright, red sign with the message, full liquor. And I'm sorry. I, I guess I'm not a investigatory person with the Tampa Police Department. I think I know what that means. If you'll bear with me, I'll see if I can't get a, a better definition. A full liquor bar offers guests everything they could get at their favorite bar, including specialty drinks and a full complement of cocktails. Full liquor bar service includes specialty drinks and complement cocktails, also domestic and imported beers and wines. So I guess if it says full bar, you can go get you a good mixed drink, and they don't just have cold Budweiser out of the can at a full bar. But I haven't launched the investigatory work into this so don't take me at my word but right now people not very happy in the sunshine state of what's going on with the police of tampa going into these strip clubs an arkansas official says the interstate 40 bridge over the mississippi river that connects west memphis arkansas to memphis tennessee according to one official in arkansas this reopening will start sunday night judge woody wheelis of crittenden county arkansas said this week that this thing was going to open. A post on his Facebook page, the judge wrote that eastbound lanes will open Sunday night into Monday morning. Westbound lanes will open a few days later. Now, there's some confusion, controversy, 
They might need to go to a full bar and figure this thing out because one of the media outlets in Memphis has reached out to the Departments of Transportation for both Arkansas and Tennessee. TDOT says they're going to open the bridge up, but there are a few things that must be taken care of first. I go across this bridge from time to time, and if you're like me and you cross the Hernando de Soto Bridge that has nearly 40,000 vehicles on it in a given day on Interstate 40, that's the bridge that's been shut down for a couple of months, It was shut down back on May 11th after inspectors found a large crack in a metal beam. And now, more than two months after being shut down, it's getting closer and closer to opening. But the various departments of transportation, even Pete Buttigieg came by and took a look at it in recent weeks. TDOT says they're going to start testing the bridge this week. Just get it tested, make sure it works, because it's a long long way down from that bridge over the Mississippi River down to the uh, surface below, which in this case is the mighty Mississippi. I don't wish anybody the bad luck of falling off of this bridge. Speaking of transportation news across the southeast, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, has lowered the tolls on the Garcon Point Bridge that's in the Florida Panhandle. As the governor was in Milton this week to announce at a press conference that he's Lowering the tolls, it had been there at the Garcon Point Bridge, $4.50. And DeSantis is lowering that number down to $2.30 for SunPass customers. And if you're not a SunPass customer, it will go from $5 to $2.75 for everybody else. If you want to go across this bridge in Milton, Florida. And how many times do we see toll bridges go down or recently in South Carolina they even eliminated not a toll bridge but a a toll road eliminated it altogether (laughs) so there's some very good stuff happening if you're a traveler across the southeast and let me also tell you I just heard about this the other day if you're traveling in Florida you got to have cash when you go to these toll booths if you don't have cash on you they're not going to take a credit card they will actually send you in the mail, I guess a fine, maybe the fine is the amount of the toll that you were supposed to pay, but it's a, a pain in the tuchus. So word of warning, if you're going to be traveling in Florida, you better have cash on hand or one of those sun passes if you're a, a Florida resident. To the state of Virginia, a couple of community colleges going woke. They've renamed community colleges because Virginia is about as woke as it can be. John Tyler a former United States president from the Commonwealth, John Tyler's community college, named after him, is now known as Bright Point Community College. These name changes of these community colleges approved this week by the Virginia State Board for Community Colleges. So now it's Bright Point Community College, the former John Tyler Community College. Also, you've got Lord Fairfax Community College. It's now changed its name to Laurel Ridge Community College. And lastly, maybe the dumbest one of all, Patrick Henry, one of Virginia's famous people from its early days, Patrick Henry Community College in Virginia, they are adding an ampersand to its name. Now, it is now, instead of Patrick Henry Community College, it's Patrick and Henry, kind of like William and Mary. It's Patrick and Henry Community College, and that's because this community college serves Patrick County and Henry County. And so to highlight the counties it serves, they're putting the ampersand between its name, 
Patrick and Henry Community College. All that taking place this week in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And lastly, wrapping up our stories, we need something good to close out today's headlines. In North Carolina, a woman there in Fayetteville has used her $2 million lottery prize, and this woman, she's using it for the good. As Yolanda Tyler won this $2 million lottery prize after winning the $20 hundred times the cash ticket, she won it at the Handy Hugo on Carolina Beach Road in Wilmington when she went there to get her a Dr. Pepper. And now Yolanda Tyler says she hopes she can use the money to start a transportation service for seniors, hoping to start her own business with this money, but she's going to do it specifically to help the elderly. She says there are so many elderly people who need rides, and a lot of people don't have family around. She's already claimed a prize. She chose the $1.2 million lump sum, and now she's got plenty of money to start a business to help out the elderly of Wilmington and Carolina Beach and that area of eastern North Carolina. We wish her well and a great job there with your lottery winnings and willing to help out the local community of North Carolina with your lottery winners. Makes me want to go scratch off one right now. And you know what? If I won a couple million dollars, I promise you I would help the needy with some of my winnings. But I'm not telling you what percentage. But it's probably going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot because... Johnny wants to have a little fun, too. Isn't that, isn't that okay, or is that being selfish? What's not selfish is that the Y'all Show has been with you for the last two hours and roughly 45 minutes. We still got a little bit more to give. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to tell you about some of the great festivals taking place across the Southeast this week. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. We'll tell you as we wrap up this Thursday Y'all Show. Hang on now. segment of this Thursday Y'all Show. Thank y'all so much for being a part of our program. Y'all.com is our website. And we here at the Y'all Show are in the helping business and we want to help you have a wonderful weekend and why not tell you about some of the good stuff going on this very weekend. So let me tell you starting some of these today, some of these start on Saturday. Here is the lineup of some great stuff going on across Dixie over these next two to three days. And Hot Dog, we're going to tell you about the 16th Annual West Virginia Hot Dog Festival. That's taking place in Huntington at the Market Downtown in Huntington. That's on 3rd Avenue. Part of the fun of the West Virginia Hot Dog Festival, a pooch parade, and the motto of this hot dog festival, you, your family, and the family dog are welcome. Well, thank you for that. Just don't grill up my little pooch here 
when you show up for the West Virginia Hot Dog Festival. That's going on this weekend. It's, as I said, the 16th annual Hot Dog Festival. Also going on this weekend is the Black Cowboy Festival and Rodeo. That is in Rembert, South Carolina. Rembert is in Sumter County. It's about halfway between Sumter and Camden, South Carolina. It's taking place at the Greenfield Farm, and it's going on this weekend, the Black Cowboy Festival and Rodeo, right there in the heart of South Carolina this weekend. In North Carolina this weekend, it's the North Carolina Mineral and Gym Festival that's taking place in Spruce Pine, and that's already started. It runs through Sunday if you want to go check out some beautiful creatures and creations at the North Carolina Mineral and Gym Festival. In Cordova, Maryland this weekend, it's the Chesapeake Bay Balloon Festival. That's at the Triple Creek Winery, and that's going on Friday through Sunday if you want to go see some beautiful airships aloft. That is taking place this weekend. How about in North Georgia at Hiawassee this weekend? It's Summer Fun Arts and Craft Show, and in addition to that happening at the Georgia Mountain Fair in Hiawassee, you also have appearing on Saturday, Dwight Yoakam. Should have played a little Dwight Yoakam music coming back from the break, but instead we played Diamond Rio there. Hope you don't mind a little Diamond Rio music, but yeah, I've seen this fairgrounds there in Hiawassee. They have unbelievable acts coming there, and this weekend, in addition to fantastic music on display on this beautiful location on the lake there at the Georgia-North Carolina state line in Hiawassee, they got Dwight Yoakam coming. And, in addition to music, the arts and craft show going on at the fairgrounds. Taking place this weekend in Fort Smith, Arkansas, right on the Oklahoma line, Cody Johnson's going to be there, the singer. He's part of the Peacemaker Festival taking place at the Riverfront Amphitheater in Fort Smith. Peacemaker Festival is a music festival by music lovers, for music lovers. It's on the banks of the Arkansas River right there in downtown Fort Smith. It's at beautiful Riverfront Amphitheater. They blend the best of country, rock, blues, red dirt, and Americana acts that are out touring today, and that includes Cody Johnson. Peacemaker is comprised of a volunteer-led team focused on giving proceeds back to local charities. The world needs more peacemakers. And in Fort Smith, you can have a lot of peace and a lot of beautiful music being made at this weekend's Peacemaker Festival. Speaking of great music, you can head to Florence, Alabama, as Lauderdale County and Alabama host this weekend its annual W.C. Handy Music Festival. The great musician who, of course, was a big fixture in Memphis, but he also has his hometown area of Florence, Alabama that has not forgotten W.C. Handy this weekend right there in Florence. It's the W.C. Handy Festival going on. This, this weekend in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, it's the Beats and Bites Food Truck Festival. That's taking place. The Boys and Girls Club of Hopkinsville, Christian County on Walnut Street is where this is taking place on Saturday. Get yourself there to Western Kentucky to Hopkinsville for that fun event. In Starkville, Mississippi this weekend, it's the Evergreen Heritage Blues Festival. That's taking place at 1765 16th Section Road in Stark, Vegas, and this goes on two days if you're able to make it to Octiba Hall County to enjoy the Evergreen Heritage Blues Festival. In Miami, not the one in Florida, but the one in Oklahoma, this weekend, 
Miami, Oklahoma's Route 66 Heritage Fest takes place at the Miami Convention and Visitors Bureau on Main Street. And this takes place Friday and Saturday both. Celebrate Route 66. Something tells me there's going to be a whole bunch of classic cars there in Oklahoma for that one. Now, I'm going to tell you about two festivals in Tennessee and Texas. And do I want to go with the good or the bad first? I'll go with the bad. The bad is this weekend in Fredericksburg, Texas. It's the Texas Testicle Festival that's taking place at Bankersmith on Old San Antonio Road in Fredericksburg, Texas. A testicle festival is an event held at several small towns where the featured activity is the consumption of animal testicles, usually battered and fried. The oldest of such festivals takes place in Illinois, and that one has turkey testicles. But there are similar festivals in the country, including in Olean, Missouri, and Stillwater, Oklahoma. And it looks like Fredericksburg, Texas is getting in on the testicle fun. At the Fredericksburg, Texas Testicle Festival, you'll have a combination of music and great food. And that includes the consumption of testicles. They even have a testicle eating competition in Fredericksburg this weekend. And you can compete for a $100 cash prize all the testicles you can eat during the competition and free beer to wash it down if you want to go there. And something tells me, at least in Texas, the more common testicle you'll be consuming is Rocky Mountain oysters. But they also want to point out they've got barbecue ribs and pulled pork sandwiches in addition to Rocky Mountain oysters in Fredericksburg this weekend. So that's going on, and I better clean my act up here if I'm talking about the Texas Testicle Festival I'll clean it up by taking you to Bon Aqua, Tennessee. That's just west of Nashville. This weekend, Stephen Curtis Chapman and other great contemporary Christian acts will be part of Life Fest in Bon Aqua. This is at the Storytellers Hideaway Farms. We had a great guest on several weeks back previewing this three-day event. It actually started Thursday. Today goes through Saturday. It's the Life Fest Music City Package. Joe Nichols, country music singer, will be part of this, and it is in Bon Aqua, kind of not far from Dixon, Tennessee, where you'll be finding this event going on for a couple days, a great music festival for the contemporary Christian fans out there. In Boonville, Missouri, this weekend, it's the Missouri River Festival of Arts that's taking place downtown on Morgan Street for a couple of days. Check out that if you want to see some great arts on display in the Show Me State. Also this weekend in Farmerville, Louisiana, it's the Watermelon Festival taking place on Water Street, and that's put on by the Farmerville JCs in the Pelican State. Deerfield Beach this weekend, you have the Deerfield Mango Festival, and that takes place on Saturday, really most of the afternoon on Saturday. That's at Quiet Waters Park in Deerfield Beach. A lot of fun there if you're able to get a little mango. Maine, Maine, let's go to Mango at the event there in Deerfield Beach, Florida. And lastly, in Abingdon, Virginia this weekend, it's the Virginia Highlands Festival. Right there in southwest Virginia, an awesome community is Abingdon, very historic. And there they have the Virginia Highlands Festival. This is the Y'all Show Talk with a Southern Accent. Thank you for being with us. We will have the day off on Friday. We'll be right back here on Monday with more Talk with a Southern Accent. Have a great rest of your week and weekend.